Hello, and welcome to DMCs with Clarissa, where everything that goes beyond small talk is discussed. Hi, and welcome back to DMCs with Clarissa. Today, I have with me Gigi, and we're going to be talking about the illusion of self-discovery. And I think it's quite an ironic topic to discuss today, because we're actually recording this from Paris, which is the city I am spending some months in now to learn French and, yeah, maybe work on my self-discovery, but we're going to dive into that topic in a second. But before we kick it off, could you just quickly introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Bien sûr. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Gigi. I'm 25 years old. Uh, I met you, Clarissa, back in 2017. And uh, I was in a very different place back then. But now um, I work in performance marketing, so advertising. And I live in London. So can you share your personal journey of self-discovery and acceptance, especially regarding the transition from a ballet dancer, which you were studying to become when I met you, to a marketing professional? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I trained as a professional ballet dancer and I've been dancing ever since I was teeny tiny. Um, I loved it. I was so passionate about it. Uh, and then maybe five years ago now, coming up to maybe coming up to six years ago, I made the decision to leave that life behind. And uh, it was such a pivotal moment in my life because ballet was my entire world. Um, it, it was all I had focused on as a child. Like I left school, well, I took my exams a year early, I left school and I went straight into training professionally at, from 13 years old. Uh, I moved away from home, moved to France actually, and then moved to London, where I was training with the English National Ballet, um, and things were going really well, and then it was, as I became more up to that professional level, just the pressures, and mm. unfortunately, a lot of things you hear about the ballet world are true, it can be a very toxic place, like I don't want to speak on behalf of other people, I know they have a variety of experiences, but for me personally, um, it has its ups and then it had its extreme downs and I feel like it got to a place for me where I just I had to prioritize my health um, so I made the decision to to step away um, and that was like the end of the, it felt like the end of the world because I'd been dancing ever since I was so young it was it was my identity um, so it was like I had to shed this skin it was so painful um, also, you're leaving behind a passion and a true love. It's like you have heartbreak as well. Uh, so I was really, when I left, it was like I was starting my life from scratch. I had no idea who I was, what I could be passionate about, where I was going to go with my life. It was a real, I had a real sense of panic and uh, it was really hard, really, How really hard. How old were you? Uh, 20. 20. Which is a hard age. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're going through so much anyway, you know. Uh, friendships, uh, I feel like at that point, you know, thankfully I had close friends like yourself who were really supportive, but I had also isolated myself from my friends and family when I was dancing. Um, so again, I feel like 
at that age, many people are either in universities or coming out of school and they have a core friendship group that they can rely on and talk to. And I, I felt like I was really quite alone. Um, so again, that was something that was really hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And maybe following from what you've just said, how did you really manage, I guess, to go forward and not kind of sink in this bubble? Because I think a lot of people do when really you have this identity of, especially within the creative industry, I think, with being a singer or a dancer and Sometimes it's not even a choice. Sometimes they're just not maybe as good as they thought or as good as they'd hoped. So they don't get casted for any plays or casted for any performances. So then they're pushed out of this identity as well that is completely them. Now for you, I think it was very much a personal choice that you wanted to leave it behind. But how did you cope with this? Because you said you distance yourself from your family, you distance yourself from maybe even some friends that have known you for, throughout your whole career of being a dancer. So I think it was a lot of self-reflection that you did or how did you I mean, it, Yeah, it was, I had a lot of coping mechanisms. Uh, I turned to, thankfully with ballet, I had quite a supple body. So I went to yoga and I turned to spirituality. Um, I had savings thankfully so I made I took myself to Thailand did a yoga retreat which I found to be really healing um, then when I came back to the UK like I needed to get a job I had no source of income um, and where of course I didn't go to college or university I had no you know no certifications to my name um, so I just went into the hospitality industry I was working at a local restaurant And then uh, I had the opportunity to go on a ski season and work as a host out in Courcheval, which was, in hindsight, one of the best things I could have ever done because I feel like one of the sacrifices you make as a dancer in training is that you give up that social life. You, you don't get to go out and have that university experience, partying, drinking. Um, so I feel like I just needed to be human for a little bit, let loose, have some fun. Uh, I also learned to ski, which is now, like, I love to ski. Um, yeah, it really helped also to improve my social skills. I feel like I was a very quiet, shy individual. I still am naturally, I think. But having to put yourself out there and meet new people and everyone's kind of in the same experience that no one had met before. So we would just go out together, have fun, go clubbing, go dancing, go skiing. And then it was through this same company I went back and worked with them in the UK, went to work in their events department and then got some experience in their marketing team and thought, oh, this is something I quite enjoy. I liked the fact that you can combine your creativity as well as the analytical side of things. So then when I went back to do my second season, uh, on top of this, I was doing two online diplomas, one in digital and one in social media marketing. Um, and then, of course, this ski season got cut short because that was when COVID happened. Mm -hmm. um, and thankfully, I managed to find a job during that first lockdown. And that was my first marketing role um, with a very boring, it was a telecommunications company. So not the most exciting, but I knew I just had to get my foot in the door and build that experience. And then I got my second role with a yacht brokerage company. Um, And this was on the south coast of the UK, where I'm from. 
I knew that I wanted to come back to London, that's where most of my friends were living at the time, so um, after I'd been there for a year or so, I started looking to move to London, and then now, two years later, I've been living in London, uh, progressed through various roles, I'm on my second job in London now, um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Achieved everything I wanted to achieve. It's been a lot of hard work, but I'm very, I, I'm very pleased that I can say that I'm very proud of where I am now. Like I've worked very hard to get to where I am. Yeah. And you make your own luck. Um, I think it's a combination of putting yourself out there, being open to opportunities, networking, getting to know the right people, and then just being present for opportunities when they arise and say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting point that you made regarding the fact that kind of in the ski season you felt your confidence grow. Because mm -hmm. I think the second that you feel or you start to feel like yourself again, mm -hmm. this confidence automatically grows. Yeah. And that was probably a transition that, that enabled you that season that you were there. For sure. I mean, I think it's been a very long journey. Uh, honestly, I'd only say it's the last year mm -hmm. that I've really felt myself and happy because I think for a long time like I had to grow up very quickly with the dancing and moving away from home yeah, so fashion is very young yeah. yeah um so I feel like when I did try and socialize and it's very hard to meet people in London as, a, as an adult mm -hmm. I guess um I lots of people who I was trying to connect with they wanted to go out clubbing and go out drinking and I think naturally that's not really what I enjoyed doing but I thought oh, I'm in my 20s I'm, I'm young this is you what I should I have yeah. to go out I have to drink I have to party and it's like gee in hindsight I don't have to do that it's okay to enjoy going out for nice dinners with your girlfriends it's okay to enjoy going to the theater or going to a gallery and just having a dinner at your ho home and hosting people um, and it's only really in this last year the last two years now maybe that I feel like I've found people through other friends like yourself, for instance, you're very good at connecting people, and I thank you for that, um, that are on the same wavelength as me and enjoy doing the same things whilst we're from a very broad scope of backgrounds internationally and uh, thought-wise, it's a, it's a really nice circle. Um, it's nice. It's nice yeah, to have. Yeah, that's good. I think London, honestly, it's such a love-hate relationship in this regard. Because I personally really do enjoy going out, but I also like chilled nights in. And I think London is a city where you're socially kind of expected to enjoy going out. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are more of a like a homebody, you're immediately put into like a like a like a cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> you're not cool you can't hang out yeah exactly like yeah. oh you're not cool you don't like going out like during your studies I think this this happened a lot and thank god I do enjoy going out but <laughs> I noticed it with a lot of people that I studied with the second that people can tell that they're not a party person they're like oh this person's going to be so boring mm -hmm. which I haven't experienced with friends that have studied elsewhere Like there, it's very much like you study and then on a Friday or a Thursday, you go out and you have fun. But during the week, it's more quiet. Why mm -hmm. I feel like in London, it starts on a Tuesday. Yes. So this, um, yeah, is very location based as well, I think. 
But um, coming back to the self-discovery phase of yours, could you maybe talk about a bit about the pressures of societal expectations and how you navigated them to embrace your authentic self? Because I think when you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you kind of go down one path for quite a long time, because 13 to 20, that was like seven years of your... It's very formative years as well as a, as yeah, a human being. Exactly. So you're very much like, your friends are probably ballet dancers, your whole life is ballet. And then you have to tell your parents, actually, this is not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You have to tell your friends who are still very much in it, actually, this is not what I want to do. Like, how did you go against that? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm, I'm happily, I'm open to say this, but I don't have many friends from ballet, ballet still. And that's by no means a reflection of... But you used to. Sure. I mean, I, I was very competitive. And I mean, it is a competitive environment, yeah. but because I was so focused and I wasn't in the best mindset, I didn't, I didn't give people the opportunity to be my friend, really. Okay. Um, That's crazy I, to think. I know, I know. Because like, I know you now, and I mean, I met you when you were probably just on the cusp of changing what you wanted to do. And I never saw the side of you, mm -hmm. ever, throughout the But I think years. it's because you, you weren't my competition, you weren't a yeah, dancer. Yeah, true, I wasn't a dancer. <laughs> well, I was, well, when I was in nine. The clubs, maybe. <laughs> when I was nine years old, I was a very good ballet dancer. Sure, sure. Great posture. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I mean, and of course, the conversation with my parents was very hard. Um, I'm forever grateful the experiences that I had from my dancing. It took me around the world. Um, I was open to so many cultures and I had wonder truly wonderful experiences. Uh, some of my memories were from dancing on stage will stay with me forever. Um, so I, I, I'd never regret doing what I did. I definitely wouldn't be who I am now if I hadn't gone through all of that. Um, but of course your parents invest so much into that, like emotionally, financially as well. So it was a lot of pressure. Um, to sort of admit to them that it's not for me anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's been, it's been a process, but I'm building that relationship back and uh, it's, it's going well. I'm very happy now. I'm so happy to hear <coughs> that because it is a journey for sure. Mm -hmm. But what was the, the event that happened that made you decide that it's not your thing anymore? Did you wake up one morning and you were like, I'm not feeling this. Was it over a period of time? I think it was an accumulation of different things. Um, and I'm quite open about this. I did struggle with my mental health. I had a variety of eating disorders, um, which thankfully, you know, oh, I'm over. Yeah. Um, and it just got, got to the point, I took a little bit of time out and by a little bit, I literally mean a couple of weeks. And, and went back to it and was trying to do well again and I was sort of back on top of my fitness I was doing well and I remember I, I'd gone to Wales to dance mm -hmm. I can't really remember what I was doing but I remember I just I just didn't want to do it anymore mm -hmm. I just felt like I'm, it's tor I'm torturing myself every single day physically, it. emotionally, mentally yeah. um, and I remember I just phoned my dad and was like I want to come home 
and I think he had honestly known for a while that I wasn't very happy so he just said come home and we'll sort it out and it'll all be okay. Um, I think my dad has always had that kind of mentality that things will always work out in the end. Um, Which is a really good mentality to Yeah, have. and they have, so yeah. here we are. That's no, really cool. And you spoke about like friendships quite a bit as well and maybe relationships during that time. And how do you how did your experiences shape your understanding of friendship? And what advice would you offer to those who may be facing similar challenges in finding their people? I think just don't be afraid of rejection and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I was definitely in a few situations where it felt like I was asking girls out on dates because I was like, mm -hmm. do, you want, do you want to go for coffee with me? And like, it's people you just meet in, you know, on a night out, for instance. And, like uh, we did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like You never know. Like Some people, I think people come into your life for many reasons and, and whether that's you're going to learn a lesson from them and then move on and you're going separate pathways or you grow together and you learn from each other. And I think just always being open, saying yes to opportunities. Um, I mean, you never, even if you don't want to end up being like a party girl and you go out all the time, you'll have a heck of a fun time. Like I have some great memories from just going out and partying, even though it's not really my thing now. Um, and I think the more comfortable you are in yourself, I think when I really started to accept that I'm not a party girl and I, I'm more calm, even mm -hmm. though I do like to go out occasionally, When I accepted that, I think naturally the circle around me changed. Mm -hmm. Like I believe kind of in manifestation and things like that. And the more you are comfortable in your own energies, the more you attract other people with similar energies. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this, this happens a lot. Like the more maybe immature way of thinking... I want to be part of this friendship group or mm -hmm. I want to be friends with this person. It's like, okay, but do we really align? Like, do we have similar values? Mm -hmm. Do we enjoy the same things? Also, you should never have to try too hard to be yeah. friends with someone. Exactly. Like, if, if, it's, if a friendship is very one-sided, it's not really a friendship. Yeah. Like, I've, it's been hard. Um, there have been a few friendships which I thought that I was quite close with the person and then... I would just, it was, it would always be coming from me. Like mm -hmm. I would always have to be the one to reach out and try and organize something. And then gradually, like I just stopped trying to message and then I just never heard from them again. It's the best way to find yeah. out where you stand so, with a person. Yeah. There we are. But, um, yeah. And I think the more you, the way that I've now met the girls that I'm close with is through other people. So you meet one person You get along with them really well. They have the same energy, same values. And then you meet their friends. It's been, it's happened very organically. It's not like I've come into one specific group. It's a few people here and there. And now I have the privilege to get them together and they yeah. can meet people through me. Like it's, it's nice. It is nice. But I think what you said in the beginning, it's very true. Like someone will have to take the first step. Someone will have to make the awkward, do you want to go on a date almost situation <laughs> yeah. in order to see, okay, is this person 
worth becoming my friend and mm -hmm. vice versa you know i mean we're not in kindergarten anymore it's not like we can just run up yeah. to someone grab their hands and be like you're my best friend now exactly wouldn't that be nice <laughs> <laughs> creepy but nice yes <laughs> but yeah for sure um so now i have a quote for you mm -hmm. by benjamin franklin which i found and i just want to hear your opinion on it there are three things extremely hard steel a diamond as in stealing something mm -hmm. from a shop steal a diamond and to know oneself so i think this is where the title is coming from the illusion of finding yourself because we're constantly changing we're constantly evolving you're not the same person you were let alone last year but yesterday you're different from day to day and um it's embracing that those changes and discovering you know, seeing who you want to be in the future and then working your way towards that, whatever that might look like, I think we're finding ourselves all the time and we're changing. So it's more like a journey. Yeah. It's not like... It's not... But it's the same thing that you said. It wasn't one day you woke up and you were like, I don't want to do this anymore. It wasn't one day you woke up, you were like, I want to work in marketing. It was yeah. all... A journey and a constant development from your side and from your interests. 100%. Like, if you told me six years ago that I'm going to be where I am now, I would never have believed you. Yeah. Um, but here we are. And who knows where we're going to be in the next six years. It's yeah. crazy. It is. But I think it's also important that you say that it's good to know roughly where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And to see maybe a... Not, a, not an end goal, but maybe like a little stop. Where mm -hmm. you're like, this is a stop that I would like to achieve. And yeah. then I have another stop that I would like to achieve. And then you work towards these little achievements. Would you like to add anything? I mean, if we're going to talk about relationships, that's going to need a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, but I'm very fortunate. I'm now with a guy who we've been together nearly two years now. And... I think him coming into my life has only had positive effects and if you find someone who makes you want to be a better person and that doesn't have to be a relationship that can be a friend that can be a family member um, but if you have if you have people in your life that make you want to better yourself it's such a gift yeah for sure and that can be anyone as you said yeah. well those are very nice last words yes, for the podcast so thank you very much for going on this short but deep journey <laughs> with me. And yeah, I'll speak to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Au revoir.